Hi, I'm Lee Gerstman, and I'm no longer banned from this podcast. I use my hand on Ralph and my mouth on Ian, and that's why I'm back. So deal with it, bitches. Here they are. Dr. Fuck and Wadzilla. I still think they're fucking assholes. Smack em a gob, it's me, Dr. Fuckalicious with... Oh yeah! The Ayatollah Alcoholic and Wadley. And Lee is here. But before we introduce Lee... Oh, I fucked that up, didn't I? But, yeah, but anyway, um, Lee Gershman... As he's known on the rock, uh, what is it called again? Freeform Rock Podcast. Um, we banned him from being on the show, but I love the reason that Lee got banned. It makes me respect them even more yeah. because we banned him because we said anybody that appears on Freeform Rock Podcast can never do our show again. We're not telling you you can't do it, but we're just saying. But, you know, Lee did it. And Lee said, look, man, I love you guys, but you can't tell me what to do. Don't talk yell, Lee, okay? I know you're trying to talk, but shut up. All right, so anyway, um, Ian and I, we got together and we blew up a contract. Yes. So now he's back. Introduce him, Ian. All right. We've had special guests before. Well, this is our special Ed guest. Oh, man, if we're going to talk about King Diamond, we've got to have Queen Zubin Zarconia here. (laughs) Lee Gertzman. And you, mis- you mispronounced Zirconian. It should have been Zirconian bitch slap, you fucking asshole. Because that's uh, my go by. Yeah. Uh, Esquire. Yeah. You're already Lee. off to a bad start, Lee. Exactly, Lee. We just unbanned you, and this is our first word you're attacking. Well, at least you attacked Ian and not me. That's okay. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I, I have to think of a right way to attack you so that it comes sneakily. The only right way to attack me, Lee. It's just to go put, put your head underwater and do not come up. And then you'll make me sad because you're dead, but you'll get back at me. Food for thought, Lee. All right, all right. That's after the food for thought that you just gave. Oh, all food right. for thought. All right, Lee. <laughs> Great to have you back. Now shut the fuck up so we can do <laughs> iTunes reviews. Yeah. No. Shut up. All right, we, we actually have an iTunes review this week, Ralph. No shit. It's been we a while. Yeah, we haven't had one of these in a coon's you know, age. Now, now I think about it, I should go check my iTunes for the Vieira Vault. I don't think I've looked at that in months, and I've had like five episodes up since. Yeah. I should go check that out. Well, anyway, keep going. Well, we have our first one since August, and this one is from Al Floyd Doe 98 I don't know who that person is. I have I no clue. I have How no about clue. you, Lee? You, Lee, do you know who that is? Uh, Shut up, Lee! That's enough out of you. All right, here we go. Al Floyd Doe 98 says, and I quote, and might I add, it's a five-star review. No one, I repeat, no one comes close to the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. Uh, did he just, did he actually wrote, no one, I repeat, he wrote yeah, that? Yeah, well, well that's, uh, that, that, that's the title. That's the title. Oh, whew, it's just the title already. Yeah, man. yeah. Now I'm getting well, to the good shit. He says, right. again, and I quote, best reviews regarding rock and metal albums. 
I, it feels like you're in the room with both having a beer and talking about music. I'm more of a rock fan, but you guys have turned me on into some other bands I, I would have maybe not discovered because of you guys. Thanks for the entertainment. Keep it going. Oh, man, I loved it. Are you sure that was written to us and not Freeform Rock Podcast? Yeah, yeah. I'm no. just going to say, after he hears me, he's going to change his review. Uh, all, all right. Well, uh, be, be, before we get into the news, you know, we got to say, uh, you know, it has been a long time since Lee's been here. And Lee, you have, you, you've you moved. You, you live in New York now, huh? Yeah, yeah. How, how's unemployment in New York compared to unemployment in uh, California? Do they still pay you for not working? I still get something. I suggest you get a job. Ah, shit, don't say that. That's worse than anything else you can say. You can call me bitch, but just don't say I got to get a job. That'll piss me off. Well, just go out there and be a bitch. I mean, you are a bitch. Go out there and be like a male prostitute and bang chicks that tuck their shirts in. Hey, thank you, man. I'll write that down and then go out tonight and score. No, no, seriously, Lee. Since we last talked to you, uh, you know, you know what, what's happened in your life? Uh, I'm sorry, Lee. That's all the time we have this week. Yeah, yeah that's uh, all I can think about. Yeah, now we, now we got to get to the news. Uh, original Bullet Boys lineup w- will perform at Kentucky's 80s Rock the Dam Fest. Uh, you know, uh, that's that's a phone booth in Kentucky. I don't know if you know yeah. that. All right, next story. Uh, and, Ralph, I hope you're going to this. Iron Maiden's drummer Nick McBrain and ex-Judas Priest singer Tim Ripper Owens are going to perform at the 10th anniversary of Rock and Roll Ribs this Saturday. Are you going to be there, Ralph? Bet your ass. And also, Pat Travers is going to be there. Oh, man. And what's the rumor, guest? Oh, and this will air the day after, so I can say it. Um, keep going, because I forgot who the rumored guest was. Uh, um, well, I, I just want to say that was one of my favorite stops uh, when I came to stay with you. It was such yeah. a good time. And I recommend to anybody that is in that area... Uh, to go there, because if you are a beer-loving, meat-eating metalhead, what a great place. Ralph and I had a great time there, and they were showing all these great priest videos and maiden videos and all the memorabilia there. Yeah, it was they a had one real... of the... Right at the door, it had one of the, the mummies from the yeah. state set of Power Slave, a bunch of, you know, platinum and gold records, and even in the oh, bathroom, yeah. maiden posters, it's... And, and, but, you know, other than that, I mean, honestly, I've never eaten better ribs in my life. Every time I go there, I have to have the ribs. I love it. And I didn't even get the ribs. I, I think yeah, I, I like highly recommended it. I, I had a pulled pork sandwich that was amazing. The beer was ice cold. Uh, the waitresses were very good looking and friendly. I mean, it was just a really good environment, you know, for a metalhead to go and, and have a meal. I mean, it was really, really fucking cool. But for you to get to go there and see an event like this, I mean, that's fucking killer. Yeah. This has been going on for 10 years, and I've never been to one. And the reason why is because, dude, it's like, I don't know, nothing really enticed me. But before Ripper Owens was announced, they announced Pat Travers. And I said, oh, right. shit, I got to go to this. I haven't seen Pat Travers since he took over for Ozzy when Randy died when they opened for Foreigner. That's how long, 1982. 
is the last time I seen Pat Travers. Love me some Pat Travers. Oh God, do I? And oh, now I remember the rumor. The rumored uh, Tommy Aldridge. Oh yeah. Well, and and for those of you who don't know, both Tommy Aldridge and uh, and Uh, Nico uh, Nico Nico played with Pat Travers back in the day. So yeah, he played on he played on the great album Heat in the Street. No, that's uh, Tommy Aldridge. Putting it straight is uh, Nico. And you can go on YouTube and see a full pro shot concert of Pat Travers with Nico. Nico back then used to wear a pimp hat. You better go and snort some oh, whiskey and drink some cocaine, you know. I'm going to do it the other way around. Uh, hey, that's I, cool, too. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, I'm more, I'm, more uh, pro- I'm not like Lee. I snort cocaine and drink whiskey. Right. I well, do well, everything the other way around. Well, well, speaking of that, you know, in rock, <laughs> rock and roll restaurants, Lee, are you still banned from Cracker Barrel? Is, <laughs> is, is that like across the country or just in California you were banned? They didn't understand. All right, shut up, Lee. Next story. Off my pants. Next story. <laughs> All right. You should have let him finish. I don't even know what he said. I just heard no. I don't even want to remember. I'm tired of telling people about taking off my pants. Yeah, tuck it in, Lee. Yeah, exactly. Way down the bus. Yeah, I do stuff in the other bus. Uh, Proof that God hates me. Uh, Brett Michael says it's time for Poison to release at least a new song or two. And uh, talk about God loves us, he likes us to laugh. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. It, it's like comedy metal, but uh, oh my god, uh, I, I can only imagine what a new poison song would be like in 2020. I'm thinking it's gonna be like you know, those songs released from the dirt soundtrack. I, oh, I think yeah. it's, 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 I don't really know if it'll be that bad, but it'll be close, it'll yeah. be bad. But can it possibly be worse than those dirt songs? I don't know, man. That's a tough call. I, 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 honestly, I, I, honestly, I think the, those two Poison albums we reviewed, as stupid and hilarious as it was, those were better songs than the songs on the dirt. Well, I I, I'll, I'll admit that. But uh, you know, in, in this day and age, when you hear like you know the the what Brett Michaels has been putting out over the last fucking twenty years, it's like. Uh, they better give Bobby Dahl a chance to write a song. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. oh my god, is, is that shit fucking horrible? And uh, oh my, god. and it's so funny that you know they added an opening act to the stadium tour, you know, with Joan Jett. Because really, you know who the opening act? The opening act is Poison. You, yeah. you know, there's no way they're getting the same fucking time as Death Leopard and Motley Crue. They're the true opening act, you know, and it's just a shame that Joan Jett has to go on before any of those motherfuckers. Well, I got to say, I got to say, I'm quite shocked and amazed at the ticket prices for this. They're really cheap. I mean, the front rows were already sold out. They were 240 bucks each. I mean, that's super cheap. And, you know, it ranges from 240 all the way to 40 bucks. Right, and but it, if you think about it, though, that's actually very smart because you're going to sell a lot more tickets to this shit show if yeah. you keep them reasonably priced than if you try yeah. charging, you know, what Kiss charges until the day of the show when everything's twenty dollars. But you know, you know something. It kind—I of, don't know. It, 
Justin Childers brought this up. I'm sorry, Childers. No, no, it's Childers, right, Ian? Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, he brought up an interesting point because I thought, I said, look, there's no way they're charging uh, th- these prices and paying Motley $3 million a show. And, you know, Justin's kind of like smart and shit. You know, he knows how to work that calculator on the computer. And he wrote, if they if if you know if they sell out a stadium, at, you know they'll need to get seventy five dollars off each person to break even. Now think about this: thirty dollar parking, twelve what fifteen sixteen dollar beers. You know how many of those uh, cougars and and soccer moms will be buying beer for that? You know so they can you know get drunk enough to to think Vince Neal's from eighty five. Exactly. They're gonna make a killing. Now, there is also the VIP. Now, the VIP, I never understand why people get butthurt about it. Yes, it's, it's okay to go, God damn. Well, I don't know if this was a rumor or not, but I think I saw Motley Crue for four grand to meet oh. them. Now, what I think, this is what I think, this is my personal opinion. If Motley Crue is charging $3 million, I bet you the promoter goes, yo, I get the VIP. I make the price, and I get all the money for VIP. You fuckers are getting $3 million off me. So that's probably why the guy's selling $4,000. I think it's the promoter. He poisons 900 bucks, and I'm not sure uh, how much Def Leppard's charging. Well, sure I'll tell you what. To do a meet and greet with Motley Crue, I would pay hundred grand. And by that, I mean I'd buy that candy bar that's called hundred grand, and I would yeah. give it to Vince. <laughs> exactly. Eat up, bro. Fuck what anybody thinks. And uh, uh, but and, you know, and, you know what? I uh, I actually. But listen, Ian, story. Ian. Okay. One thing. One thing. Uh, the VIP. Um, Tommy Lee's taking part of it. You, oh. you know, Tommy Lee never ever was oh. part of the VIP. Time to hard. Yeah, he is. No, it's probably part of the uh, promoter deal. Hey, I get VIP, and hey, hey, rap boy, you're gonna be part of this fucking VIP too. Three million bucks, I'll do it. Yeah, uh, I got I got a funny feeling though. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking now, you know, you know, I made a lot of jokes about how so I think this is gonna do better than the the Kiss tour. Oh, I I I I said it. I said it on the pod. I think once I saw those ticket prices, I said this is gonna be packed stadium. Every stadium is gonna be fucking packed. Even trendy ass Miami, where it starts off at. I'm still not going. You know, I don't care how cheap it is. I, I have no interest in seeing this. But hey, man, the people that do want to see this shit, they're they're they they lucked out, man. They got. Yeah. I mean, this shit's cheap. No, it's boy, cheap. What I, what I, I respect that though. I re, I respect that they're keeping it reasonable, and I think it's smart, and I think they're going to do successful with this. Now, don't get me wrong. That being said, yes, there are going to be a ton of Groupons. There's going to be a ton of radio yeah. giveaways. But I think it was smart by putting it in this day and age what's considered reasonable. And I got to say, in all honesty, I would never travel for this. But if it was in New Orleans and I could get a fucking $40 ticket, I would go for 40 bucks just to laugh. Just a fucking goof, I would go. Right. I, I, the, re- the main reason I ain't going... Is that, dude, I've been to that stadium, and it gets really muggy and hot in there. And I'm not going there in July, especially for this. Lee, and the Lee. traffic there is really bad. Lee, 
It, oh, it, it, you mean you were talking? I thought I was hearing two different voices in my mind. No, no, I'm saying, Lee, if they accepted food stamps for these tickets, would you go, you know, for $40 in food stamps? Only if Poison would play my song, Laugh Gay. Laugh <laughs> Gay, that's a rare one. <laughs> yeah, that's the sequel to Cry Tough, Laugh Gay. Yeah. <laughs> so glad right, you're here, Lee. All right, next story. Uh, Rob Halford doesn't rule out former Judas Priest members joining the band on stage during its 50th anniversary tour. Oh, that's cool. I didn't read that one. But I I think it's great that Rob has thrown that out there because, I mean, how amazing would that be if you were at a certain show where maybe Les Binks would come out or or KK or Ripper. I would love to see Ripper come out and do a song off one of those horrible albums. Or or maybe see him... uh, do a duet with Rob on a classic uh, yeah. pre-song. I would love to see that. So, uh, hey, let, let's keep our fingers crossed. All I know either way, if it, even if the 50th anniversary is just the incarnation that you and I saw last year, oh, fuck. You know, yeah. I'm all for that because that show was incredible. The best pre-show I ever saw by far. They haven't, uh, they, they haven't been nominated, though, right? It's still in the, like, voting uh, shit? I, I, I think they're in the, the, the fan voting category. Well, that's uh, usually what wins. Yeah, but I, I think they're, like, in third place behind, like, Blink-182. Uh, last I checked, Dave Matthews' band got more votes. Yeah, you know, which, which is sad because, you it's know... It's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Makes sense to me. Yeah, no, no I, 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 but I mean, it, it's sad when I see posts about, like, how grateful they would be, when it's like, why, you know? Yeah, oh, no, I, I, it really does disturb me, but hey, that's their thought. Yeah, you know, on, on one hand, I understand it, you know, if you've been doing this for so long, I, I can see, like, yeah, you would like a little bit of acknowledgement, but it's like, when it's coming from somebody who doesn't like you in the first place... It's like, what the fuck? But then on the other hand, if you're in the segment where it's actual fans voting, which means more to me, but it just shows you who pays more attention uh, to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, that like more Dave Matthews fans give a shit about this than Judas Priest fans do. Because Judas know, when Priest I, fans... I, yeah, go ahead. Ju- Ju- Judas Priest fans... It's already in, in your blood. It's in your heart. You know you love this band. You know how important they are to you. And probably to a lot of Judas Priest fans, they could give a shit less about, you know... Yeah, no, Judas Priest, fans are, Judas Priest fans are way better than Iron Maiden fans. That's a fact, Jack. Well, they're smarter, I'll tell you that. But uh, they're, they're less they're less tardy. They feel tardy. Yes. But yeah. you know what you were saying earlier? Judas Priest wanting to be in... Oh, I want to be accepted to a place that, that hates me. They don't mind going into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Knowing that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame hates them, and I like to parallel that thought. It's the same thing with Lee. I mean, we hate yeah. him, and he's here. Well, I want to go anywhere where they hate me, because if I wanted to wait for who likes me, I wouldn't go anywhere at all. <laughs> yeah. That's like, like Lee yeah. said, why, why, why would I want to get a job when nobody would ha- want to hire me, you know? Well, they'd want to hire me, but I don't want to work. I just want the money. <laughs> I love that honesty. I, I love, love that, that honesty. I yeah. love it. In fact, don't work at getting money for nothing. 
I feel so bad for Lee because we're recording this on December 11th, and he doesn't get a check till the first. And he, he's probably. Why do you he, have to remind me? I have he, 11 cents. I know. Hey. get one more penny. Yeah, 11 cents will get that vodka you drink, though. Yeah, I'll yeah. Get 117 cents worth of vodka. I'll get like a box of ramen noodles and some Crystal Palace gin. Oh, boy. Ramen noodles don't go good in beer. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, you, you, you gotta soak them in fucking moonshine. Yeah, that, that's good. I had some noodle moonshine and then I realized I had to get the guy out of my butt. <laughs> All right. Speaking about a guy, <laughs> speaking about a guy in the butt, uh, Desmond yeah. Child says he was hurt when Kiss publicly badmouthed. I was made for loving you. Oh, poor baby. And Kiss, it was just Gene Simmons. Yeah, it was it was Gene Simmons. But I I love uh, if you read the story, he talks about how you know Gene publicly came out and it was slamming it even back in the early '80s. And he said it was around the time they were doing The Elder. And he said that shit, you know, like, they're going to lock the doors and, and not allow Desmond Child in. And Desmond Child said he called up Paul, like, what the fuck? Why are you guys, you know, saying this shit? You know, I, I gave you a big hit. And Paul played off like, oh, well, you know, that's just Gene. And then he said Gene called and left a message on his uh, answer machine and said, uh, this is Gene Simmons. Sorry and hung up. <laughs> he said that was his <laughs> Just said, sorry, and hung up. Oh, man. I mean, going up, go, watching Kiss do I Was Made For Loving You and Gene up there, like, hating it and playing it, it's uh, pretty much a full Motley Crue show with Tommy Lee back there, because he hates every fucking song. I, I, I know, but, but you know, the ball's on Gene Simmons, like, uh, this is no She's So European. Uh, yeah, no, that, guy, <laughs> that guy wants to talk. No, and that nope. Gene Simmons fault, oh, boy. And and being a guy that, like, all he cares about is money, like, here, this guy gave you a big hit. He made you money. Yeah, but Gene Gene is a salesman. Sometimes he acts like, you know, the money don't matter. There's certain parts of their career. Like, you know, the Revenge, Carnival Solos era. He was trying to be grungy and, oh, I don't want to be a rock star. And I'm sure around the the time of the Elder. You know, look, they they were not accepted no more in the States. Yeah. You know? I mean, nobody and, gave a fuck, so he's, he's trying to play to the, oh, it's about musicianship, so that's why we're doing this great concept album, which was a great album, but, you know, it's still pump. Yeah, it, but, hey, but Lee, now, don't be farting, bro. And and now they talk about how they hate The Elder because it didn't sell, you know? Yeah, exactly. Fucking Kiss fans, fuck you. you. You deserve Tommy Thayer. That's what you deserve. I'm sorry, but Motley fans are way tardier. Oh, God, they're hey, getting there. Hey, man, it doesn't matter if they use tapes. Just be happy they're there. I mean, that's yeah. the most tarred shit I read, like, this whole year so far. And we're, we're in December. When I read somebody say that, just be happy they're there. Who cares if they use tapes? Oh, my God. And I've seen some dumbass crew comments well, since, you know. Well, well here's, here's the thing, though. It, it, I, I think that has a lot to do in common with KISS fans is... It doesn't matter about the music. They want to see the spectacle of the show. That matters more. And to me, that's no different than a fucking pop artist or a rap artist that gets up there 
and you know all you want to do is see him dance on stage you don't care about music because i mean look at the music it's fucking retard music to begin with you know why, why do you care if they fucking sing it when they're singing such fucking stupid songs you want to see bombs going off you want to see half naked girls on the side of the stage you want to see tommy lee in a fucking roller coaster you care more about that than you do fucking rattlesnake shake you know and it's the same way with, with KISS fans. They want to see the spectacle of the KISS show. They want to see the blood spurting. You know, they want to see, you know, Gene fly up. That, that means much more than, than hearing retarded fucking KISS songs. You know, they're, they're, they're in the same fucking ballpark. You know, one's on first base, one's on second base. They're all, they're all a bunch of fucking idiots. Three strikes, you're out. Fucking retards. Yeah, well, especially if you accept, you know, these two guys up there in that makeup. That makes it even worse for me. I mean, I love Kiss, I, and if it was P, uh, Peter and Ace doing this farewell tour, I'd be there. Even if with Paul Crokin, you know, I'd be there out of respect, because I'm a Kiss fan, but I'm not a Kiss tart. I do yeah. consider myself a Kiss nerd, but not a Kiss tart. You know, let me uh, go into the next thing. I got to read what's, I don't know <laughs> if you saw this. Did you see this on our podcast page? Let me find a post. Oh, my God. Who the hell let this Oh, my God. Gary Bell, his name is. Uh, do you know who this is? Not offhand. All right. Well, I don't either. I did see um, he left a comment like from one of my little anti Motley Crue things that was kind of pro Motley Crue. I think it was something like, hey, just be happy they're here type shit. Well, this is what he wrote today. Three hours ago, he wrote, the definition of irony, a group of people who claim to love artists and their music continually slag them, slagging them off. In other words, you have to fall in line. I mean, can you think offhand a band other than Armored Saint that uh, doesn't have douchebags in them? I mean, even Thrash or Die. I mean, come on. Every band out there has douchebags. <coughs> Armored Saint would probably be the only one I can think of that doesn't have douchebags in the band. I, I don't know. Gonzo can be kind of douchey, but no, uh, he can't. I, I, I love Gonzo's his drumming. It's awesome. They're all fucking awesome. What the hell are you talking about? I'm just saying, you know, personal opinion. <laughs> he's super nice. They're no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's super... Well, every, everybody has their thing about what they define as, as douchey or not. Like, I, I, I think uh, a, a lot of Gonzo's, you know, personal views, I, th- I think, are kind of douchey. Oh, Doesn't why? Change. He approach Trump or something? Oh, yeah, he, he's all about <laughs> Trump. No, it, it hey, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't affect affect what I think about their music. I love their music. Yeah, but as but a it, person, you know, I mean, come on, it's just can't can't somebody have a different political view and not be a douche? I don't get it. I don't understand that concept. As long as they're nice to you, that's all that should matter. No. Uh, well, I I can say, I I can say I can still respect uh, their art and what they do. There, there's certain things where I draw a, draw a line, uh, where I I, th- I think it shows little something about your personality. It's like if somebody's like, uh, you know, it'd be like if uh, David Lee Roth was a Holocaust denier. I'd be like, oh, I still love Dave, but that's pretty fucked up, you know. Uh, well, yeah, but still, I mean, I mean, as long as he treats you good. Right. Yeah, right. All I care about is the music. There's plenty of musicians I like and don't agree with. I can, I like, can be very nice to somebody that's pro Che, as long as they're cool with me. I can be very nice to them. Right, and you yeah, know how yeah. I feel about Che. Oh yeah, I, I know you, dude. I feel the same way. Like, like, you know, okay. I love Ted Nugent's music, 
for the most part. Can't stand him personally. I love Rage Against the Machine. And I think Tom Morello is way too fucking left and too communist for my liberal ass. If I if they had music I liked, so, I'd like them too. I just think right, the right. music's horrendous. Well, well, well no, I, I get that you hate, but what I'm saying is though, I, I can I can separate the music from the person. You know, there's certain there's certain people like okay, like like something's passionate to you is Che and and communism. You might still like their music, but you're if if that's how their views are, you're going to judge them. You're well, going to judge I, just like I'll way. judge Black Sabbath for what they did to the, uh, Bill Ward. You know what I mean? Right, right. So different. But you still I thought that music. was music. And, 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 that and that, 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 that's all, all I'm saying about Gonzo. Uh, great fucking drummer, great. But to me, any person, especially in this day and age, that can still defend Trump or support Trump, that tells me a little something about your character. That tells me probably you and me aren't going to see eye to eye. We're probably not the same people doesn't mean i don't appreciate your drumming and the great music you've done i can totally separate that and i can love that you know so i that that's what i'm getting at with that well bottom line is um i don't i can only think of one band that doesn't have a douche member and ian can't think of one (laughs) yeah yeah every everybody everybody has faults dude everybody has faults believe it or not even i have a fault yeah well you, you know? wish death on people come on to me that's worse than a fucking trump supporter to, to me that's me. one of to me that's, that's me. one of my most that's one of my most endearing qualities i'm oh, so honest go. you know i have faults fucking lee gersman has the san andreas fault i mean hey, look at I him. use tape shut okay. up lee hey, shut hey, up agree- lee you agreed to have him on. I mean, that's another fault of yours. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get to I'm very forgiving. <laughs> All right, well, let's go to something that uh, really surprised me this week. And pleasantly, I might add, uh, I was very skeptical about this band because to me it looked like one of a million bands that just shows up, does one record, and you never hear anything again. But when I heard the debut single from Black Swan, Holy shit, was I surprised. And pleasantly, I might add, did you listen to this song yet, Ralph? Who is that? I don't even know who that is. Black Swan is the new band featuring Jeff Pilson, Robin McCauley, Reb Beach, and Matt Starr. Oh, cool. Yeah, I think I saw a picture of them today on my feed. Oh, Not, but I haven't heard it. It's good. Oh, check out the song, man. Uh, for those of you who do or do not, Jeff Pilson, of course, is from Dockin'. And fucking 57 other bands. Robin McCauley was in the McCauley Shanker group, which was like the ladies' cock rock version of MSG. Reb Beach, of course, from Winger, Whitesnake, Dockin. And Mad Star was the drummer who uh, recently was outed from Ace Frehley's band and said, I'm a star, fuck you. No, you know? no, Ian, you got it mixed up. Uh, that's the guy that's with Ace now. That dude that said I was a rock star, he's a different drummer. I, I forget his name. And that dude, man, that Matt Starr guy, holy fuck, what a nice drummer. I really? just saw him in Miami. Yeah, 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 you got him mixed oh, up. I know I know oh. who you're talking about. Matt Starr is the new drummer for Ace. But this first song, I think it's called Shake the World, really, really fucking good. And Red Beach, um, I don't give a fuck what you people think about fucking Winger. Ralph, you'll even admit, Red Beach is an amazing guitar player. Yeah, I, I hate Winger, and they were amazing live. And uh, my second favorite Dokken album is with him, not George Lynch. 
Yeah. Know? I love Red Peach. I think he's... And I met him, dude. You want to talk about a fucking all-class motherfucker. That guy's super class. By the way, Ian, I did a little research. Scott Coogan is the one that quit Ace's band. Scott. Oh. That said he was a big rock star. That's who it was. Oh, okay. Okay, well, maybe... Maybe Matt Starr is, is the new guy, but any, anyway, he's got yes, a horrible I just mustache. Saw him. Yeah, he's got a horrible mustache, but what a drummer! What a drummer, man! I'm telling you, the guy was flawless. Yeah. I was but, freaking but, out. How good but he this, was. man, if if the rest of the album is as good as this song, holy shit, this is something I really would hope uh, would tour. I mean, chances are probably slim to none that they will. But what a really good song, man! And and again. Uh, to hear how good Robin sounds at that age is is mind blowing, mind blowing. And I was surprised. I put up the other day in uh, the classicer crap. I put up the Macaulay Shanker group ballad anytime, and oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I I I think yeah I I think there was you you didn't even post, but I think there was one other person who said no. But uh, even uh, uh, Kirk from fucking Down and Crowbar who always comments on our classic and craps uh i know he's a big michael shanker fan he loved it and i was really surprised he's like oh man he's like robin's voice is amazing and he he said uh michael shanker's uh every note was heartfelt and awesome and uh i love that track but i was that was my first introduction to msg because of my age you know was perfect timing and i still like it for, for a cock rock yes, album I think. great songs on that album don't uh don't something loser and um uh, i think it's called get up there's great tracks on that perfect timing album. oh wow i'm surprised I, no I time for losers no don't time for you... losers no nah, dude no yeah. time for loser ain't no cock rock dude that shit rocks and there's yeah. another get up i can't remember the name of it but it's fucking awesome no it's a decent album i just didn't okay. like the single and maybe a, a track or two off it but it's a decent yeah. album not bad uh, see, see I, I love give me your love and that's total cock rock but i love that yeah song. i didn't like that shit all right uh let's see here uh, i got a story i got a story uh, case of the bizarre man have you been seeing the shit pete townsend been saying lately oh yeah my yeah, god he took a lot of shit for that. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, how can you possibly say, oh, I'm glad these two are gone? You're talking about Keith Moon and John Entwistle. Right. Like, I'm glad they're gone because it was difficult playing. Dude, they are what made the hoop great along with your amazing right. songwriting and your great frontman. I right. mean, they were well, they were very integral to the band, you know? Did, did you read his, his comment yeah. after? Yeah, and he apologized to the family and shit like that. And what I meant to say was, like, well, you should have said it that way in the beginning. And uh, But, you know, I mean, this is very honest to him, but I just saw an interview with him last night, and he says he hates, I mean, despises playing live. He can't stand it. Yeah. He can't stand going on stage playing live, but he needs the money. He said it straight up. He yeah. races up. A mini uh, mini boat yacht or some shit that cost about five hundred thousand dollars to just race it once, and he does it twice a year. And you know he's got a bunch of children, grandchildren, and shit like that that he needs money to support all this shit. That's why he's doing all this. But he cannot stand going up on stage and playing live. 
Well, he's he's said that for years. If you want to talk about somebody who's a legendary asshole, is Pete Townsend. You know, yeah. and I don't. You know, there's a lot of shit about. Oh, he's a pedophile. I honestly don't believe that, he's a pedophile. That, that's been proven wrong, though, man. I don't see people don't look into shit. They see a headline right. and they just live by that. The guy right. was working with the police. Right. Then, like, I don't know, agnorisms, whatever the fuck you call it. The internet police uh, called the other police that didn't know what was going on and had them arrested. They were le- they let him out because he was working with the police. I mean, you know, just the other day on our podcast page, somebody left a comment on somebody yeah. put something up of the who going, oh, you know, he's a kitty diddler or something. I was like, Jesus Christ, people are, you know, they're just more, I, I feel people are moronic. If you're going to accuse somebody of something, look into it first. Jeez. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I feel the same. You know, there's a lot of people who said, uh, you know, Lee Gersman was a pedophile. But I tried to explain to him, even kids won't fuck Lee. Yeah, you know? but I, I use very tape. Yeah. You talk about how you don't like when people use tape, but I use tape. Yeah, duct tape. I don't use it in music, <laughs> but I use it. It's better than chains. I was using chains, but now people are better when I use chains. Uh, all right. It was it was funny, uh, Ian, when you were trying to uh, describe that Lee wasn't a pedophile, and while you were describing it, you were describing it actually to Lee, and he kept <laughs> refusing. <laughs> I like petting people. Yeah, oh. under twelve. Oh, I'll point to you like this. I don't like. Ancient old mole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I got out of that legal one. <laughs> All right. Shut. Shut up, Lee. Uh, legendary guitarist Frank Marino slams paid yeah. meet greets. Says he meets with fans for free. Cool. I man, main bucket list band. I mean, bucket list artist. I've been wanting to see this guy since I was a little kid. And the great David Swick, which, by the way, that new black hair on is awesome. You got it? I I, I got it, and I, I I gotta be honest, I haven't had time to listen to it yet, uh, but I want to check real, it out. It's really, really good. Well, he uh, he's going to see Frank Marione. He offered me, you know, come on up there, and I, I got a place to crash, but I can't do it. It's so sad. But yeah. oh my God, Frank Marino is somebody I've been listening to the past couple days. I. We got to get them back at Rocket Pod. They got to come back this year. Yeah, I think I think they are. I think they are. Good. Good. But yeah, Frank Marino is doing a tour now again. He's got a box set. It's a hundred bucks, but it's like 12 DVDs. It's like, please, somebody, please get me that for Christmas. Not you, Charlie Hill. (laughs) You know, I know he'll do it. Somebody else. Come on. Uh, I'm dying to get that, you know. And Frank Marino is somebody that hates DVDs too, like uh, film performances. That's another thing he's totally against. That's why you haven't seen any MTV well, video from him. You know, the, the one thing I got to call a spade a spade here is uh, I, I do agree. A lot of these uh, meet and greets uh, are out of hand as far as what they're charging. But the ones that I always see that are vocal, like anti meet and greets, are ones that probably people aren't going to pay to meet you anyway. And that, that's a sad thing to say. And that's no thats no judgment on Frank Marino because I think he's amazing. I think people should want to pay to meet him. And I know, dude, 
Frank Marino can make decent coin if he charged meet and greet because, dude, the guy everywhere he's gonna play, he's gonna pack the place, man. The guy, is think so? Oh yeah. yeah, he's legendary, man. No, Frank, it, it, and he hardly and he hardly comes out. That makes it even more intriguing to want to meet. I mean, I mean, to you and me, he's legendary. But no, no, I, no. He, I, played, he, he sold out BB King's. Uh, okay. My friend, my friend, he, he's, dude, he's kind of like, uh, I don't know. Um, I, I, you know, there's a lot of guitar players. They're not in the spotlight or in the charts or whatever, but they have a rabid fan base, even though it's not, you know, arena level, club level, rabid fan base. Frank right. Marino's going to pack everywhere, everywhere he plays, especially since he hasn't been around in what, 10 years or something since he's toured or eight. I know it's been a very long time and, and I'm sure all these things and and those uh, believe me, I'm part of the Frank Marino Facebook page, so I see like how fanatical his fans are, and you know tattoos, uh, paintings, you know everybody on that fucking page has that goddamn box that I want so bad. Frank Marino rules, dude, and he is no slouch. Let me tell you, as far as uh, no, no, I, I, I believe. Okay, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, but, you uh... are. No, you're definitely wrong. All right, well, last story, and this one kind of relates back to uh, Black Swan as another, uh, you know, band that comes out of the Frontiers record label, and that is the new one with George Lynch, who has a new band every other week. Yeah, uh, no this, this one is called Dirty Shirley, and have you heard this one, Ralph? Well, I don't know. I saw a recent video a couple weeks ago. The singer was really, really good. Is that the band? Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like a cross between David Coverdale and Dio. Yeah. Holy shit, was I surprised by this one. This one, It's, it's like I'm getting so numb to new shit from George Lynch that I, I don't even click on it anymore. I mean, I love him as a guitar player. I was just like, God damn, every week is a new band that you'll never see live, you know, that nothing will ever happen. And this morning I listened to the Black Swan song and I was so like blown away by it. I was like, let me check out this Dirty Shirley because it was on the same, like if you click on YouTube, you know, it gives you other recommendations. I was like, let me check this shit out. Holy fuck can this kid sing. Oh, oh man. Yeah. And, and fucking, and Lynch was ripping on the song and it was really well written. I was like, wow. And fans of traditional metal. Man, check this shit out. I mean, between this and Black Swan, uh, you, know, you know, fuck what some of your, you know, the, the legacy bands are doing right now, man. Check out some of these newer bands that might have older artists involved, but still have something to say. That Dirty Shirley song was fucking amazing. So between that and Black Swan, those are two albums I'm definitely getting. And, uh, you know, both have, have a docking connection. Uh, but really, really fucking good. So I recommend that. Check out Dirty Shirley. Don't know about the name, but the goddamn song kicks fucking ass. So check yeah. it out. Name's kind of dumb, right, Lee? Yeah, it's reminding me of my cousin. <laughs> All, All right. right. All right. Time to go into the album. And uh, the album this week is... Uh, Requested by a listener who I don't even know. I, I don't think they're on Facebook anymore. Because uh, I had to search through my messages. I'm like, oh, fuck, who requested Graveyard? 
And there's like a blank photo for this guy. I can't find him on our Facebook page. But James Carruthers, or Carruthers, maybe I'm pronouncing it wrong. Uh, he originally requested a, uh, an Iced Earth album. I think their last one. Uh, and then he changed it to uh, King Diamond Graveyard and apologized to me for, oh, I didn't mean to do a switcheroo. I'm like, don't worry about it. We haven't even got to it yet. So there's plenty yeah. of time to switch. So keep that in mind for any of you who've requested an album. Uh, if we haven't got to it yet and all of a sudden you change your mind, let me know now. I mean, whatever you, you guys paid for this shit. So whatever you want, you know, fuck, we'll do it. And... and uh, hey, I, I liked what I've heard of Iced Earth. Admittedly, I'm not a, you know, I don't know a lot of their shit, but we reviewed their first album and I absolutely fucking loved it. Uh, but he changed it to King Diamond and hey, I love me some King Diamond. So I had no problems with this. I knew Ralph would have no problems with this. Uh, and, message, but, and if you do change your mind, message Ian. I don't check my PMs. Right. And, uh, you know, but but even, even Ralph said, he's like, well... That, that's not even that great of an album. We need something to spice it up. So he said, hey, fuck it, let's get Lee. And I was like, well, it can't well, get any worse. Spice. Yeah. You're yeah. on a spice girl. Yeah. yeah. I miss yeah. your lips, fucker, and you have to spit me out, but I'm still spicy. Yeah, right below Paprika is Lee Gertz. Yeah, Paprika. That's my other cousin's name, Dirty Paprika. All right, enough, <laughs> uh, uh, enough out of you. We'll call how oh, you want to I have too many dirty cousins anyway. <laughs> All right, but, uh, you know, Ralph, you, you've said a million times how you've discovered, you know, King Diamond, uh, you know, via Merciful Fate, King Diamond Solo. But uh, give us a little background uh, on, on the graveyard. Is this something, you know, you were you a first-day buyer? You took a while to get to it? You know, what's your history with the graveyard? Nah, every King Diamond release, I'm right there. It never takes me a while to pick up a King Diamond album. Because King Diamond never disappoints me. And this was definitely at the height of me, you know, wanting metal. Because it was so scarce and so taboo at the time. Um, that, yeah, I ran out and bought it right away. Um, I don't know if I'm a first day buyer. But I know when I saw it in the store on CD, compact disc, and I own it on vinyl now. Um, I bought it right away, and uh, it's another King Diamond story, but a little more warped as far as, uh, you know, the molestation shit. And some of it is just even too bizarre for, for King Diamond, some of this fucking album. It's like, what uh, the fuck's going on here? The, the vinyl you have, is that the new, the, the 2009 remastered version? Yes, two vinyls oh. with a poster. Oh, awesome. Can, can you tell a, a, a big difference in sound-wise? Uh, you know what? I have to listen again. I don't recall. I don't recall. Did, did, um, did, did you re-listen to this album before we reviewed it or no? Yes, I did. But I heard it on my computer. Okay. I gotcha. You know. I well, gotcha. Uh, yeah, I, I, I listened to it because I haven't heard it in a while. And I wanted, you know, because some of the songs I... You know, some of these songs, I don't remember what song's what. You know, I remember the album, but I can't remember titles. Right. So, I even took a couple notes, you know, just to, you know, ensure I remember what song I'm talking about. Awesome. All right, well, Lee, uh, is, is this your first King Diamond album, or were you uh, already yeah, familiar with King I Diamond? Mean, I, I, I knew of King Diamond um, 
back in high school, but I just never really. Or, oh, 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 really? Ninety one. So really? Were, were, really you, were you guys were you guys in home ec together or, or well, you know? Well, yeah, yeah, we, 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 we were cooking some gas together and we huffed it, but um, I, I, I heard of, I heard of Merciful Fate back in around like the early eighties when I was in high school. But I never really heard them and then later I heard one of Merciful Fate's albums and I thought they're pretty good. And then I heard this album by King Diamond. This is really the only full album I heard and I thought, damn wow. it's 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 cool. You know? Oh, you so should I check out them, but I never heard them much. You got to check out all King Diamond. If you like this one, I, you're going to like them all. All right. I, I will check them out. Well, well, we don't know if he likes it yet. We got to wait and find out. We don't well, know. I like, no. I like him. I, I like to check him out, but that's a good Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you beat me to it. Uh, all right. Well, this is one uh, that I didn't know prior to the review. Uh you know, I said before in the past, I bought Abigail when it came out, hated it. Didn't check out King Diamond again for years. Uh, I didn't give him another chance to Voodoo, the album after this. And I really loved Voodoo. And that's when I went back and uh, got into him. I went back, of course, I went back to the classic albums. Uh, got into that. But I gotta say... I'm much more of a Merciful Fate fan than I am King Diamond Solo. Uh, that being said, if King Diamond comes around you, I don't care if it's King Diamond or Merciful Fate, go see this guy. Because this guy puts on a fucking show. He is an entertainer. No matter what, you won't be disappointed. But overall, when it comes to album for album, I find... I much more gravitate towards a merciful fate than than King Diamond's solo career. I kind of think he's painted himself in a corner with uh with the concept album shit. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Ralph, because I mean you would know. But really, only uh, Fatal Portrait and Spider's Lullaby are the only ones that aren't full blown concept albums. Correct? You are correct. Okay. Um. So I I think. He's kind of painted himself in a corner there. Because uh, it's like he always has to come up with something. And, you know, just in, in my mind, some stories are better than others. I always love the music. But sometimes as a whole album, uh, the thing with concept albums, if you don't enjoy the concept, it really comes down to the songs. Like, did the songs stand by themselves? And, you know, there's certain albums that, like, uh, Queensryche, Operation Mindcrime, probably one of my favorite concept albums of all time. I think the songs are so strong, they can stand by themselves, regardless of whether you hear it as a whole and, and know the whole story. But some some don't, and that's kind of how, spoiler alert, how I feel with this. Um, while I, I don't hate this album, I don't think it's one of the better King Diamond concept stories uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean it, it, it's a bad album but yeah this is one I totally got uh, you know I, I had to study and I listened to it I, I've been uh, Ralph, Ralph 
verify. I've been under the weather the last couple days, but I've been listening to it. You know, put on my headphones, listen to it. But then I knew with a with a King Diamond album, you know, you really have to find out what the concept is in the story. And I think as as I got more into the story, I kind of liked the album less than I did before. <laughs> uh, if that makes any sense, I don't think it's it's one of his better ones. But I think if you like King Diamond, there's still something to be enjoyed here. But uh, this is this is one. I know about half of his solo career. I have about half of his albums. The other half, I don't know yet. I, eventually, I want to hear them all because I am a big King Diamond fan now. But I just find myself leaning much more towards uh, Merciful Fate. And rather, I, I know Merciful Fate is definitely, you know, you said it's your favorite band of the 80s and stuff like that. Uh, but as far as 90s era King Diamond and 90s era, like, Reform Merciful Fate... Which do you uh, like more? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, kind of at par with each other, I think. I, uh, but if I was to pick my favorite album, it would probably be In the Shadows, out of all you know, the input after the original Merciful Fate. Um, but, you know, what you were saying, King Diamond painted himself in his corner, I never really looked at it that way, because to me, King Diamond's kind of like the Stephen King of metal, and it's what I expect. So, it's not like a Queensrÿche or a Pink Floyd or whoever else did concept albums. They they aren't like wired for concept albums. They just do it here and there, and the, you know. But King Diamond, I I feel is wired, and even some stories that are not as good as others. Like I would say, yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think the Graveyard is one of his better stories, but it's still demented, and it still kept me very. It was very confusing at the end. I, I maybe somebody will bring light to it. Maybe one of you, because I don't understand the ending at all. But um, I love this album. But yeah, again, I, you know, to say oh, it's not one of his better albums is not discrediting this album because it's still a great album. Right. Some songs are a little too left field for me. I will tell you that. And sometimes he does get a little. Look, I love what I love the most about Graveyard is I think this is the most demented he's been as far as uh, vocal approach. Um, and, you know, of course, the story is just so fucking out there, but he really goes off on insanity in his vocal and his delivery on this. And I think some parts are kind of... Uh, he sings heavier than usual. Now, it's no secret if you're a King Diamond fan that around this, this time... And House of God and Voodoo. For, uh, he wasn't really delivering that great live. Uh, his vocals were kind of a little strained. I mean, he still did it, but it wasn't as powerful yes. as it was. Dude, that guy is back. I guess after heart oh, yeah. surgery and not smoking cigarettes, he sings as good as he ever has now. Yes. He actually, I, I say, he actually did shows around this time. Uh, where he would announce, like it would be put out in front of the venue, that he couldn't sing in his falsetto, and it was wow. let it was letting people know, like, okay, you're gonna King Diamond's gonna perform tonight, but he can't do his falsetto. So I know exactly what you're talking about as far as the vocal uh, shit, but th but that just shows you like what people expect from him, and and that that you know for some diehards that can be a deterrent, you know. 
it, the same thing that a lot of people have a problem with with King Diamond uh, is what draws so many others. Yeah. They love that and aspect that, of his voice. What we were saying earlier about Frank Marino, same type of thing. King Diamond ain't playing arenas, but he packs where he plays. You know, he's another one of those underground uh, phenomenons, you know. And uh, King Diamond, and it's great. And you know who I have to credit a lot for King Diamond's fame is uh, Jay and Silent Bob. No, they, Grandma! Yeah, and they even sing Invisible Guest on when he goes through the drive through window. It, right. You know, shit like that really brought a lot of... Because, believe me, before that, I mean, I noticed, you know, King Diamond... Is way bigger after those movies, or the what is it, Clerks Two, you know? Right. And and I think that that has a lot to do with things because people see that and go, oh, let me check this out, and they end up fucking, you know, because King Diamond, like I said, man, King Diamond's one of those, whether you you either don't get it or you fucking worship it. And I worship King Diamond. I I I can say, all right, like listen to Graveyard. I'm like, yeah, this ain't no fucking them. You know, story-wise, or even you know, or um, uh, even the eye, as short as that story is, is fucking amazing. And uh, uh, Puppet Master is another. I like Puppet Master way more than this album, and that story is great. That's a great fucking. See, story. That, that's one I got to check out. I don't know that. I have it, but I don't know it at all. You know, what's cool about the Puppet Master. It didn't. I have that in vinyl as well, but it didn't bring it. The, um, the DVD, DVD brought. Uh, I mean, the CD brought a DVD. Right. King Diamond sitting at a table telling the whole story, and it's so cool. The only problem I have with that DVD, though, is King Diamond is sitting in a desk, and it's daytime outside. You'll see, like, the sun coming through the shades. It's like, why why don't they do the shit at night with candles lit, you know? Right. <laughs> it just made no sense to me, you know? But still, I mean, it, Puppet Master is fantastic. Love it. And I, and again, I saw Puppet Master and I saw the House of God tour, and both those shows, he was good. He did the falsettos and everything, but nowhere near as great as he was in the past and as he is now. Oh, I mean, yeah. It's amazing how good his singing is. And people bring up, like, oh, he's got his wife up there doing back and vocals. Yeah, but she's not enhancing his vocals. Right. You no, know? I agree. I, I saw the Abigail tour, and, and she did do background shit, but there's no way that it was like overpowering what he did no, I mean, no. He, and, and, he was and amazing another, and another thing which makes it even cooler for her being up there is that King Diamond doubles a lot of his tracks on the albums so to have oh, that yeah. extra high voice with him singing adds more fullness to it so I'm all for her being up there and oh boy, I she's, too she, she, she very easy on the eyes and what a sweet sweet person I met her um, after I met King Diamond, she was there waiting for me to give me a poster, and uh, she was super nice to me. And what a great, what a beautiful girl! Yeah, yeah. very pretty. All right, well, uh, let's go into the first track, which is pretty much an intro. At least, since you're a special ed guest, why don't you talk about the graveyard? Yeah, well, to me. The way he laughs and that hey, 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 and that weird kind of like movie music introduction, it to me it sounded like a cheap Alice Cooper ripoff, and it didn't quite impress me that much. I mean, I respect that he's imitating Alice, so I don't hate it, but 
that's about as far as I'll go on that song. All right, All Ralph, right. what do you think? Yeah, it's just an intro. I, I think it's a nice, demented spoken word intro. It sets the mood. You know, remember, uh, you know, hearing this for the first time, thinking this is going to be a fucked up story. I, I just thought that just hearing that intro, I go, this is going to be fucking weird. I, I can already sense it with all the crazy laughter. And that's, you know, it's just, you know, his voice is a little more demented than usual on this album. And right off the right off with the intro, you hear it, you know. So that's what I think of the graveyard. Ian? Um uh... I, I think it's a silly but effective uh, intro because it does kind of set the mood for the for the album. But uh, I, I kind of got to side with with Lee here. You know, it it is kind of like I don't know, just kind of silly. Uh, to to me, this whole album is kind of like uh, you know Alice Cooper meets Steel Panther <laughs> because some of it's just so fucking out there. And so fucking ridiculous. It's not as scary as I find Merciful Fate. Like, I, I think Merciful Fate does evil really well. When I listen to Merciful Fate, there's a little bit of a difference. It sounds more sinister than uh, than King Diamond Solo. Because a lot of King Diamond Solo walks that fine line of almost like Spinal Tapish kind of self-parody. Now, there's stuff I find that really excels, like... I'm a huge fan of Abigail. Um, in later years, I didn't like uh, Fatal Portrait when I first heard it. Now I'm a huge fan of it because to me it's my much favorite more like, one. Right. But to me, that's much more. And like it was supposed to be the third Merciful Fate. It, it has much more rawness like Merciful Fate. Uh, I, I, I love them. I'm an even bigger fan of Conspiracy. Uh, huge fan of Voodoo. And I think those are ones that not only are great musically, but story-wise are great. This is kind of starting off kind of weird and cheesy, you know, the keyboards here and there. Uh, but I'm along for the ride. Hearing this, it doesn't derail me, but I'm just like, okay, I'm kind of chuckling. But uh, let's hope he takes us somewhere, you know, uh, good. So then he takes it in the next song, which I'll take, which is Black Hell's uh, Sanitarium. Uh, this one, you know, and I'll try to describe the story for people who are not familiar as we go along. You know, in, in the intro, uh, we just hear, oh, I'm back home. Uh, you know, you can kind of tell this this man's insane. With the second song, Black Hill Sanitarium, you get more of a backstory. You find out he's in, actually in a mental institution. And uh, to me, it's just a good chugging song. Uh yet it's familiar it's not like you know there's any new ground being broken here you know there, there's nothing that's going to separate this from other king diamond albums and i think this is actually like the worst lineup that he had as far you know like musicianship wise i mean he's got the incredible andy uh Laurent playing lead guitar and so i don't repeat myself over and over something i've learned from rouse uh, album versus, uh, track versus track reviews. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna set this straight. I think Andy LaRock plays great on every track here, and to me, he is the saving grace of this album. Without his great guitar playing, you'd really have a mediocre album. But he always brings something unique, always brings good solos to it. Um, 
you know, I, I saw some other reviews online where people compared this, like saying this is the band trying to sound more like Metallica or Black Sabbath, trying to do something different musically, but yet lyrically and thematically, it's the same as all the other shit. Um, I kind of see that, but to me, it still sounds like King Diamond. I just don't think it's up to the same level as a lot of what's considered as classic albums. But I think this is a good track. Uh, again, story-wise, just telling how he's in a mental institution and, uh, you know, he's been, you know, kind of tortured and all this shit's going on. But you don't know why yet. You know, the story really, you know, evolves over the songs. You don't know quite what's going on. I do like that about the story. It's like you find out a little bit more as it goes along. It gives you more of a backstory as you go forward. Uh, but it's a it's a good song, but, you know, it's no mansion in the darkness, kind of like classic uh, King Diamond song. What do you think, Ralph? Yeah, I think it's a great opening track. It's got them hooks and that heaviness I expect from the King, keeping it metal in the 90s. Uh, that's why he is a metal legend. While others that try to change with the times of the 90s, you know, like uh, <coughs> Metal God, <coughs> Rob Halford. Um, King held down the fort and stayed true and taking it a step further uh, story-wise. Um, uh, though the song is is pretty much a setup to the story because it get, later gets fucked up. It's a great, great opener. So one of the better tracks on this album, I think. What do you think, Lee? Well, I do like the heaviness of it, but it also sounded a little bit too Alice Cooper ripoff for me, so Half of it I liked, half of it I didn't, but it was okay. I mean, it's better than a lot of stuff I've heard, but it it seemed like it it's not the best song on here for me yet. All right, uh, take the next one, Lee. Waiting. Okay, well, this one I thought was awesome. I wish I could have written something like it. It's really powerful and heavy. It's the kind of metal I like. This this is my type of thing so there you got that Ian uh, I, I think this one's a, a decent track again nothing mind blowing uh, story wise this is where uh, our lead character is escaping uh, from the mental institution I, I, I think that's why Lee likes this one a little bit more is because he yeah. dreams of escaping uh, from his so institution. So I can get a home and go back to, to his place. All right, <laughs> shut up, Lee. Um, but yeah, uh, again, not bad, but I, I think this is an album, what separates this from other King Diamond albums to me is I, I think this sounds good if you listen to it as a whole. But I think as we go on and on, you'll see there's tracks that I don't think really stand out by themselves and if you're doing like a, a King Diamond Greatest Hits I don't think there's going to be songs off of this it works okay within the concept of the album but they don't stand alone where I think on other albums there's a lot of standalone tracks that you don't necessarily need to hear uh, you know as, as part of an ensemble you know they're just so good they stand out this to me is just kind of going with the flow not bad but not standout, but passable. Uh, I think it's the best track 
I absolutely wow. love wow. this song. I love how Andy LaRoe comes out of the gate with that tasteful shredding. I uh, love that chugging freight train riff on this. It's so hooky. And, you know, when he's not singing the, the vibrato, I hear like a different delivery in his voice. It sounds more clean and angry, angrier than past albums. You know, I like this one so much. You know, the, I, I say, you know, the, the chorus to the song is a grower. Um, you know, I found it kind of odd on the first listens, but I totally got it. Waiting is my face, my favorite track on this album. Uh, the next one's called Heads on the Wall. Man, you know, the beginning to me sounds like a combination of Nothing Else Matters meets Melissa. You know, it's half ballad, then it's half bone-crushing metal. I really love this one, both parts. I love the flow and the chorus, and this one may be tied for my favorite on the album, Heads on the Wall. What do you think, Ian? Um, I, I see what he's going for with this, uh kind of almost trying to be uh the epic of the album you know with having the you know the mixture of the you know the power ballad with the bone crusher and shit um i i see what he's reaching for but i don't i don't think he grabs it um again not not nothing horrible but uh i i don't know there's just something missing about this you know not not epic enough for what it's what it's reaching for and uh man when you get all the the names and stuff uh you know like oh uh or jeremiah and all this shit and all the all the names in this album lucy and jeremiah and Mackenzie. you know what i'm waiting for i'm waiting for an urban uh king diamond album <laughs> you know, like 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 kind of like Leprechaun in the Hood. You know, I yeah. want to see I want to see him do a concept album about black people, where it's like you, you know, Laquisha uh, comes out from yeah, the corner. Yeah, Laquisha. You know, and then then the hero's name is Malik. <laughs> you know, and something like wow, he picks like the lamest like European white names for everything, like Abigail and Lucy and Mackenzie and all this shit. I want I want to see I want to see something urban. Out, out of fucking King Diamond, I think that would be hilarious. I want to, I want to see a black uh, concept album from King Diamond. I think, I think that would be awesome. But uh, it, you know, it, like I said, it's, it's, it's okay. But it's, uh, you know, its reach doesn't, you know, its grasp doesn't meet where it's trying to go. It's just, it, it, it's okay. But I don't think it hits what it's trying to do. What do you think, Lee? Well. I thought the ballad part wasn't bad, and it kind of sounded like Pink Floyd a little bit. And then when the song got really fast, it was awesome. I won't say it sounded like Juice Priest, but it was as good as some of the best of Priest. So there you know that I really, really dig it. Awesome. What do you think of Whispers? Oh, it was kind of cool even though it's a small interlude, but it reminded me of Queensryche's Operation Mindcrime and some of the weird interludes that ran through that album, like maybe during the Sister Mary part where they talk about Kill Sister Mary and, you know, weird stuff like that. I liked it. Ian? Holy fucking shit does this annoy me. We got to get his daughter. Daughter! daughter. 
daughter. daughter. We got to get his daughter. Daughter. I'd rather have I'd rather have fucking Sean Killian sing me the fucking news than hear this shit. Oh yeah. my god, is this fucking too, is this fucking annoying uh, and useless? I, I mean, not only does this not deserve to be its own fucking track, uh, this should have been cut off the album entirely. It's just stupid and annoying. Uh, really, really pointless. Uh, to me, does nothing to further the story. I mean, I guess you could say that's where his mind's going, that he has to kidnap this child. Which, to me, I mean, I'll get into this later in the album, but it, there's so much about this story that makes no fucking sense to me. Uh, as, far as, as, as far as storytelling goes, I mean, this is like bad Dean Koontz meets Spinal Tap. It, it's really bad. Uh, and, and I know he's capable of writing much better, you know, stories, but to me, that it reminds me of this great episode of fucking, uh, not South Park, uh, Family Guy. Where they, they, they cut to Stephen King in his publisher's office, and, and the publisher's like, uh, what do you got for me now? And Stephen King's like, uh, uh, and he reaches on the guy's desk, he goes, it's about a lamp. And he grabs the lamp, he goes, and it's haunted. Ooh, ooh. You know, to me, it's just it seems like he's running out of ideas. Like, to me, this just really isn't a well-thought-out, fleshed-out storyline. It's just like... Fuck, I'm King Diamond. I gotta write a concept. And uh, to me, this isn't one of his better ones. But this song, in and of itself, is so, so annoying. And I'm kind of teetering on, uh, like, whether I keep this on my playlist on my phone. And if I do keep the album, I'm definitely deleting this fucking song. Because it's just outright annoying. What do you think, Ralph? Well, I agree and disagree with you. Um, I think as a song, it's terrible. You know, you got to get it done. It's pointless. It's terrible. It makes no sense. I think if this just would have been part of the next song, I'd be fine with it. Just to separate this is kind of weak to me. Um, it would go great as, you know, I'm No Stranger. Just call this song I'm No Stranger and leave the rest of I'm No Stranger on it. I'd be fine with it. But as an isolated track... It, it, it really is stupid. Um, but, you know, uh, speaking of I am a stranger, I'm not the stranger, you know. <clears throat> uh, again, I remember hearing this for the first time. And, I, I, and you know, as I kick back and read the story, and as I listen to the music, I, I'm thinking, what the fuck, man? This don't sound good. You know, poor Lucy, I, uh, I think she's about to go with uh, go through what poor Dudley went through. You know, right. I was like, yeah, it, looks, it sounds like Lucy's going to get molested by this dude, you know, but as a song, it's, you know, not one of my favorites on here, but, you know, adding whispers to it, you know, would have been more logical to me. What do you think, Lee? Oh, um, I'm not a stranger. I thought it was mostly another cheap Alice Cooper imitation at first, but I did like the guitar sound and the guitar solo was great. And as the song continued, it got better. So I liked it more as it went along. Right on. What do you think of uh, Digging Graves? Hey, wait a minute. I didn't get to talk about this. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. All right, and first of all, I, I just want to stress to Lee, 
can, can you just like say now that you think every song sounds like Bad Alice Cooper so you don't have to repeat yeah, yourself? Yeah, you don't have to repeat yourself. Uh, no. I think most of us agree. In fact, you gave me a good idea. My next album is going to be called I Am a Lamp and I Am Haunted. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> And, and can I just tell you now, my review will be, it sounds like Bad Alice Cooper. Um, well, hey, I'll let you do that. Thank you. All right, shut up, Lee. Uh, to me, it's, it's a good track, not a standout. Um, again, I there's a lot I'm going to goof on on this, but I really don't think it, it's a bad album. But it, it's something that you have to listen to as a whole. Uh, this is not an album that you could like, oh, I'm just going to play that one track because it really kicks ass. I think the only way this works, even at any kind of level, is as a whole. Uh, and basically, this song deals with Lucy's abduction. Okay, so now our, our, you know, our main person in the story is abducting this little girl, Lucy. Uh... I, again, it's it, it's it's a weird fucking story, and and again, as it goes on longer, I'll tell you why I think this is so weird. I can't do it yet, or spoiler alert, it'll get into other parts of the album. But again, uh, to to me, it's an average King Diamond track, but not not as good as previous shit. Uh, we'll go into the next one, Digging Graves. Uh, Digging Graves. This one has a very Sabbath-like feel to it. What the fuck is that? What are you doing, Lee? You taking a shower? No, that's not me. What is that? I don't know. What the hell? <laughs> Lee's watching porno. <laughs> no, I, I, there's nothing going on. <laughs> Lee, can you lower that porno, please? Can I do a show? Could it be a connection thing going on? <laughs> yeah, I think we got interrupted by porn. Oh, All let right, him come go over. On. I like him. <laughs> okay, uh, okay, where was I? Uh, Digging Graves. Yeah, a Sabbath-like feel to this song. Uh, but in a generic sort of way. But different different for King Diamond. Uh, you know, I, I've heard other reviews where people have talked about the influence of uh, the Metallica sound and uh, uh, Sabbath on this album. Uh, you know, just separating it from the other King Diamond albums. And I can kind of see that. Uh, I think there are different influences on this. But again, always masterful guitar work from Andy LaRock. Uh, very underrated. Uh, great on that. But this, it, it does. It does sound kind of like third-rate Sabbath. Uh, but at this point in the story, now you get to find out what, uh, what the character's plan is for this girl you know like oh god why is he abducted her and now in this story you find out why he's abducted her and what he wants to do there's still a lot more to unfold in the story but you know I, I do like the way he did that the story does unfold song after song but I, I think the payoff is kind of weak 
but it's not a bad song. What do you think, Ralph? Well, I like it less than you, let me tell you. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I love the solo. I think the solo's cool. Music, I feel it was secondary to the story. You know, I think he just wrote this song because it's part of the story and just try to make it fit in somehow. You know, I I don't think it's terrible, but it's pretty odd in spots, you know. You know, that part, like, into the night I go and you, and you can't follow me, I really don't dig that at all. It kind of ruins the whole thing for me. But, you know, it's all right, but, it's, you know. Other, but believe it or not, there's there's one coming up even worse than this one. Uh, <laughs> probably my second least favorite on here, but whatever. Meet Me at Midnight, though, the next track, that's a whole other story. Oh, wait wait a minute. Lee didn't get to talk about Dick and Graves. Yeah, oh, I know. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Meet Me at Midnight. <laughs> Just kidding, Lee. Go ahead. You can do my review instead. No. Um, this all right. Is very uh, cool. Meet Me at Midnight, hey, and right, I'll right, suck right, your right. cock for food stamps. Okay, thanks. But anyway... This is very cool and very strange. It's like Iron Maiden and Black Sabbath, but even more creepy and sinister. I like it a lot. Hell yeah. All right, I'll, I'll go on this one. Um, I do too. I really like this song. And my favorite line is, he is a sick little man. He's so much sicker than me. And I am. I love that. You know, talking about the character, Mayor McKenzie, who molested his daughter. And King is out for revenge now. This is where the album, you know, like, uh, you know, till Heads on the Wall it was kind of like, I don't know, whatever, those last three tracks. But this one, it picks it, it, it picks up again. And I was like, all right, now this is a cool, cool killer track on the album. Love Meet Me at Midnight. I love the, the chorus. It's got good hooks. And I give it two thumbs up. What do you think there, Ian? Um... Uh... I, I think this one is a big stinkeroonie. Uh, doesn't do much for me. Mayor McKenzie is an old perverted swine. Yeah, uh, I love that. When he calls him a swine. Just, uh, I, I don't know. It, it, it's okay. But, uh, God, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, to read what I even wrote here for my notes. Uh, but now you kind of see... Uh, what he has in mind for his victim and, uh, and and why he's doing what he does, which to me still makes no sense because at this point you find out that uh, this is all revenge for a man who accused him of molesting his child when, you know, the, the father is the one who molested the child. But if you're mad at the guy for accusing you of molesting his child and you abduct the child who was molested, what the fuck are you doing? How does that make any sense? Well, he's insane. Just go just go after the guy who accused you and leave the poor innocent child that's already been molested out of it. You know? I don't know. I, I just don't think, you know, as a, as, a, as a story, you know, I'm just like... The reason you don't understand, Ian, why he would do that, he's insane. You know who would understand shit like that? Lee. Yeah, yeah. well, um, Meet Me at Midnight, I thought it was very strange, but it sounded filler, and I agree with Ian. It's it's not my favorite on here. Yeah. Well, what do you yeah. think? Of, oh, God, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, to back up Lee, Lee is like, who cares why he's why they fuck the kid just fuck the kid you know 
Yeah. Don't don't gobbledygook it up with fucking pointless story plots. Just fuck the kid. I just like, like moaning. And I like lap references. Yes. Moaning, yeah. moaning. Yeah. Ooh. Lamp. Ooh, Sleep. Ooh, 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 I'm a lamp. <laughs> <laughs> Sleep tight, little baby, Lee. What do you think of that one? Oh, well, the beginning keyboard part sounds like one of my keyboard songs. <laughs> the song itself sort of sounds like Pink Floyd's The Wall. It's kind of cool. It makes the baby in me want to sleep tight. Yeah, all right. I, I think it's reminiscent Ooh. of. I think it's reminiscent of uh, two little girls from the eye. Kind of sounds like uh, that song a lot to me. Um, sleep tight, little baby is a bizarre song musically, but to me, it kind of adds the vibe of the story. And I can hang with the story uh, with the song because I like the changes and uh, deranged vocal that King does. You know, King do- King knows how to add that insanity perfectly with his delivery. And I really dig this tune. And I'm really digging this story uh, so far. But uh, do I do I do I like the story as it goes on? Well, just stick around and I'll let you know. But so far, I'm digging this as story wise and this song. It's weird. It's out there. But it, it, to me, it kind of adds to the story that I don't know if it if the story keeps being as killer as this. Find out what I think toward the end when I think the story sucks. Oops. Ian? Uh, oh, my God. Uh, there's parts of this song I love and parts that I hate. I love the, ooh, the worms part. Like, that I really like. But all the daddy shit. Like, oh, my God. You know, I'm just laughing because, you know, of, of your review, you know, of, of Jane's Addiction Nothing Shocking we did last week when you're like, oh, daddy, daddy. You know, it, it, it's proof that both of us will overlook shit if we like the band. Well, uh, <laughs> like, I, this, it's part of, no, bullshit. I, I already said I didn't like something off here, and, I, and there's something else I don't like. You're a fucking sheep for that goddamn Jane's Addiction. And this is a story where that one is like, ooh, daddy left me. Something that you've made fun of many times in the past. Oh, so, well, you know, I, so so it just goes to show that you're way more of a sheep than I'll ever be. No, Maybe. no, no, no. If you excuse this horrible shit, then you're no, a sheep. Because this is I terrible. Don't, I don't like the daddy part in this song. But I'm not going to equate it to the, how they use daddy and no, nothing shocking. But uh, I don't like the daddy. Uh, the daddy part uh, in this song ruins it for me. So there you go. Okay. Well, good. Bully for you. But I, I think the daddy lyrics in uh, Had a Dad work where this this is just fucking retarded. And it ruins the song to me. It, it's not so much that I dislike it musically, but uh, lyrically. It's, it's just really getting annoying. And it's uh, it's aggravating because I know King Diamond can do so much better than this. I mean, really, he can write better shit than this. And he has. Even if you separate, you know, the King Diamond from the Merciful Fate, uh, you know, as far as King Diamond stories, he's done a lot better than this. Uh, you know, at, at this point uh, in, in the story, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I'm, I'm sitting there. He's waiting for the the father to show up, he's abducted the girl, and he's gonna do bad shit to her if the daddy doesn't show up. And 
just like, I mean, just just really silly lyrics that aren't scary. It's just borderline comedy metal. And I don't want that from King Diamond. I, I don't want it to be like stupid funny. I want it to be actually scary and, and horrifying because that's what I love about Merciful Fate can do some really evil shit that sounds evil, you know? Like some Venom type shit, you know? Like even Venom can be kind of comical, but they're more funny musically, you know? But lyrically, they're dark. Where King Diamond, you know, with Merciful Fate can pull off both musically and lyrically, it's evil and dark. And, and this is just kind of, I don't know, it, it just silly. It, it, it's silly, but not as bad as the next track, Daddy. Oh my God, is this one horrible? This, this besides Whispers, this has to be uh, the most dumbfounded and, uh, you know, like, what the fuck is this doing here? What does this add to the story? Who's singing this? And stupid shit like, you degenerate son of a sheep. I mean, that that's about as bad as that new Ozzy song where he's like, I defecate or whatever. I mean, it's just, it's stupid. It doesn't sound right. Uh, musically, it's nothing adventurous. And uh, I, would, I would probably have to say this is the worst track on the album because Whispers really is a little interlude that's annoying. But this is a full song. That's just annoying and stupid and adds absolutely zero to the fucking story here, which I'm sure a lot of people are lost. Fuck, we've read this shit. We've studied this shit. We're all lost. I mean, this... I'm not lost yet. I do get lost later. I'm not lost yet. I, I still know what's going on. But I mean, this is kind of, I don't know, this, just a stupid track. All right, you explain it more to me then, because obviously you understand daddy. Well, it's her calling out for her dad when she's in a coffin. King Diamond has her buried, and she's you know she she's crying out for the dad to hear, her, but he can't. But oh boy, do I agree with you on this one, Ian? Woo, this song sucks. <laughs> but not my least favorite. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, your your song, least fa- your least favorite hasn't come up yet. Wow. Not yet. Yeah. Wow. I think this. Wow. But, um, and also, this this song also goes into, you know, this is where you find out Mayor McKenzie was molesting his daughter. You know, it's pretty hard to listen to the part that Lucy's getting diddled by daddy. You know, I'm telling you, King takes it to a whole different level of sickness here. And the thing I do like about the song, if there's anything I like about the song, is that demented vibe, you know, to the anger and revenge in his voice. You know, it's... I think that one's that's the only good thing I can say about the song, and and it does set, you know, set out to to do story wise up to this point. It really does. I mean, I still get uh, next couple songs. I still know what's going on, but it's really toward the end. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? But uh, uh, Lee, what do you think of Daddy? Well, I oh, I, I, I got I gotta say this first before Lee does his review. I got I gotta say for those of you who don't know, Lee already reviewed this album. Oh, that's right. Lee, talk about that. Oh my God! And yeah, he, I reviewed the album. When, but, when but, he, but what when, made you think of reviewing the Graveyard? Since you said you haven't heard any King Down, um, what made you pick this one? Uh, you really want to know? Well, I asked you, didn't I, dumbass? Oh, okay. Well, um, Nate Atchison suggested it. Nate. Yeah. Yeah. 
He's cool. Oh, well, I love him. He's awesome. Well, the, yeah. the, the weird thing about, for, for those of you, and I highly suggest uh, you check out Lee's uh, YouTube review of this video, but what I found even more disturbing uh, than this song was the fact that when Lee reviewed it, he said the worst thing about the song is he couldn't tell if Lucy came when the dad molested her. Oh, that's sick, Lee. What's wrong with you? I don't know what's wrong with me. I never do. <laughs> Dumb question. Question you never ask, Lee. Well, what do you think of Daddy? Oh, this this reminds me of a song I wrote in my old band Black Spotted Thunder called Death Trap. Not Black because Spotted of, Thunder. Yeah, not because of how it sounds, but because it's sinister and intense, like my song was. I really enjoy it. Ah, interesting. Well, what did you think of Trick or Treat? Oh, and this also sounds kind of like my old family's parts. It's weird, but it's really good. Alright, this is what I think of Trick or Treat. This song, it starts off so killer. But it strays to what I would not consider bad. But it takes away what could have been a much better song. If it stayed on its original path. Uh, this could have been one of King's best songs because I love that beginning. That ah, I love that shit, and you know the chugging riff. You know, not one of my. You know, it would have been one of my favorites on here, but you know, it's it's a song that uh, kind of unfortunately falls flat for me. I don't hate it. I just think it's a song that could have been much better. What do you think, uh, Ian? Uh, I would have to say this is my favorite track off the album. And, uh, you know, story-wise, this is where the game begins. Uh, where, you know, he's showing you why he's doing what he's doing. And, you know, his plans for the end result uh, of what he's doing. I don't know if I want to give a spoiler. I don't know if anybody gives a fuck or understands what's going on at this point. But it's a fucked up story. Um, and, and not in a good way. But I do love this track. And uh, I believe this is this is one he played live. Ralph, did you see him on this tour? No, I did not. Unfortunately, it didn't come my way. He didn't come. The last tour he did here was them, and they didn't. He didn't come back to House of God. Oh wow! Yeah, wow. I did see Fate twice in between that. But okay, well, well, one thing, and and you might know this. Uh, I'm kind of interested in this. Uh, when he would tour. For these albums, for these concept albums, would he play the album in its entirety, or would he cherry pick songs? Or yeah, King Diamond never has played a full album live. At least uh, these tours I saw back then. But okay. he would he would sprinkle quite a lot, you know. Okay, uh, just wondering because you know the, the only time I saw King is when he did the Abigail tour. When he yeah, played he, that. Yeah, he wasn't that. playing that full album on the Abigail tour. Uh, okay. Right, right, but well, well, of course, you know, back then. But I, you know, like it, you know, because I'm, I'm kind of curious how, like, when he was touring for these concept albums, you know, of course, you know, you have to play something new because, uh, you, you know, you're promoting a new album. But when, when an album is this concept heavy, like, how do you just play, especially an album like this that that I think doesn't work without the context of the of the full album like how it would go over live 
But I, I watched a review, uh, Razor Fist, when, when he did his uh, uh, Metal Mythos on uh, King Diamond. You know, he called this one uh, a headbanging classic, you know, like a King Diamond live classic. And I could see this being a good live song, but uh, like I'm, I'm just wondering, like on a tour like this, like how do you pick what songs to play, you know, to, to single out to play that would make sense in the kind confines of the show? But I would have to say this is my favorite. Um, I dig it, and uh, yeah, I'll take the next song, "Up from the Grave." Uh, my note says. The fuck? <laughs> like, what's going on here? You know, and the whole la 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 la. I mean, he's really losing me here. Um, you, you know, uh, I, I I don't know the whole where the where the story is going and what the song brings out. I mean, lyrically, it doesn't bring out a whole lot other than. Uh, I think this is the part where he's 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 knocked the bad guy out, and uh, you know he wants something bad to happen to him. And uh, I I don't know la 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 you know I don't know fucking stupid you know, when when I hear that la 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 though all I can think about is like one of Lee's videos where he just starts singing and doing nonsense and shit. But hey, I'm like, that's my best stuff. Right, I, I know. <laughs> but 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 Lee's stuff has a better beat behind it. And I think I think this is a good point in the show where we need to just stop right here. And I think we need Lee to play an original song for us right now. Well, okay. I have I, I have I have a request, Lee. Uh, okay. I want you to si- I want you to sing a song. Uh, yes. with, the, with the lyrics have to do with the story of the graveyard so far. Okay. Alright. Give me one moment. I will put my phone here. I'll make it a very short song so you don't get upset. But, alright. One moment. Alright. I saw your daddy yesterday. He thought you wanted to molest me, but he wanted to molest you again. And so I'll bury you. I hope you won't mind. I'm making it easy for you so I can see your daddy and smell is behind <laughs> and that's so fine <laughs> okay that okay. was awesome okay well well that that's Ralph's request but i have another request for you lee oh uh i would like to hear your cover of red rider's lunatic fringe oh man it's gonna be different than the yeah. original well, I would hope so. With some different words. Yeah, go ahead. Let's hear it. Lunatic cringe. I know you're out there. But you stole my fucking bottle. Lunatic cringe. I hate you. I hate your bottle. 
Lunatic Prince, I know you're out there, but I hate your bottle. Lunatic Prince, I know you're out there, but I hate your bottle. What the hell? Lately. Lee, Lee, could you do that one more time, but without the uh, mixing I machine in the background? Okay. What the fuck was that? Someone's turning on a shower and pretending it's me. Not me. I'm not doing that. I, I'm Wait. nothing on. Why are you accusing me and Ian for doing I'm that? I'm going to say fuck you to my phone for a moment. Fuck okay. you, phone. Okay. Oh, now I'll do it one more time. Okay. One more time with feeling. Yeah. Lunatic fringe, I know you're out there, but you stole your bottle. Lunatic fringe, I know you're out there, <laughs> stole my fucking bottle. Lunatic fringe, I know you're out there, <laughs> but I stole your fucking bottle. <laughs> All right, how do you like it? Uh, what the hell is that about? It's kind of catchy. And right, I like that part that was added in that fuck, fuck, that sounded like that came out of my mind and it dripped into the sound. Uh, it came out of your mouth. Okay. All right, well, uh, Lee was just telling me about how he wants to talk about the, the next song, I Am. Oh, yeah. Well, this is too prog for my taste. For my taste. Thank you. It would have worked better on a Pink Floyd album. And the only thing I liked about that La 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 song was the fact that it wasn't me doing La 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 La. Okay. What the hell is that? I Come don't on, know. Did, no. Did, did, did you just call me a ninja? What the hell is going on? Ninja, ninja please. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway. Is someone else bugging the airwaves? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I'm like consoles. What the hell is going on? What the hell? Sounds like, sounds like somebody's bugging the airwaves on cheese. Oh. I don't have anything else on. What the fuck is this? Oh, what the hell is this? That's Celine Dion. I hate that. Crap. It should be playing in the background as we talk. <laughs> what the? <laughs> All right. Anyway, we're, we're, we're... Wow. Stop playing the food. That's crazy. It sounds like one of your Jethro Tull inspired albums, Lee. <laughs> oh, God, no. That I'm angry at. Sounds like you're thick as a brick and small as an Asian's dick. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> like, Lee's vodka bottle is as thick as his crotch. 
Sitting on a park bench. Dun, 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 dun. Sitting on the man's face. Snot's coming out his nose. <laughs> Drinking it like vodka. <laughs> yeah. All right, Lee, what else is going on? <laughs> Taxpayers pick up the tab. Uh, my vomit uh, comes back. 42 vodka. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> That's worse than Journey's open arm. <laughs> <coughs> Wait, right, what are we? Uh, somebody talk about I am. Um, I am. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, this song I think would have been way better without the keyboards, but at the same time, it kind of reminds me of. The Alice Cooper band. This is where they it finally reminds me like an early like you know, a song like Killer. Kinda has that vibe to it, you know. My favorite part is when he says die die die. Uh, Justin Childers said that, that's like the worst part. That shit to me is awesome. Every time I hear of this album, this is the part I always think of. Like, die 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 I don't know, I just love that. I know it's stupid and bizarre. But, dude, this is music. This ain't fucking Rolling Stone magazine crap. I, I enjoy fucking bizarreness like this. Uh, may not be my favorite song on the album, but it's definitely my favorite part of the album is the die-die part. Uh, what do you think, Lee? Oh, I thought it was two frog rocks from my face. It would have worked better on a pink boy. <laughs> frog <I> rock? <laughs> this yeah. is where it finally sounds like Alice Cooper, <laughs> you know? No, no. <laughs> One song did, but this one didn't. Oh, yeah, Up From the Grave to me did sound like the imitation Alice Cooper. <laughs> but this but this actually sounds more like Pink Floyd, but would have worked better on their album. You know, we forgot to mention, like, you know, Ian didn't mention that uh, during Trick or Treat, really, that song is about he had Lucy... Uh, buried in a coffin and he gave him a shovel to dig her out because she was about to die but he had him pick out of five graves and that is where the story ends for me because after that I don't know what the fuck is going on you know I don't really follow it myself I'll have to get extremely toasted weird and then maybe it might seem normal alright that's what you think of the song uh, no, about the whole thing. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I don't understand the. I, I. I don't understand the concept because I don't even think about it. <laughs> All right, Ian. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm like Lee. This is too prog rock for me. This, this is like if King Crimson meet met Asia, but it sounded like neither one of those bands. Hey, uh, they both had John Wetton. Yeah. You know that. That, that that's that's the defining factor. I love John uh, Lennon. Have you ever heard UK? Uh, uh, no. But after this interview, uh, I, I want to listen to Fu. Um, okay. Uh, what the fuck? I gotta say though, this it's my second favorite on the album. But the the end of it, that die 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 die, like what the fuck is this? I like, love it so much. Did he just give up or what? Uh, hold on, Ian, wait, wait, hold on. I got a fart. Hold on. All right. Uh, yeah, it's been a but, while since I farted on that. Episode. 
Oh, I, I thought Lee was playing a song again. Um, uh, yeah, at this point in the story, yeah, we're, we're kind of skipping all over, but it is a fucked up story. Um, uh, he knocked out the dad, uh, and he's waiting for him to uh, wake up so he can get back at him. Another big part of the story that we left out, which I find totally stupid, is there, uh, there, there's an old story that <coughs> if, if you get your head cut off in a graveyard, yeah. your soul never dies. Yeah. Uh, so we forgot to leave that out, and he's he's wanting, uh, you know, he's trying to have the dad dig up one of, I believe it's seven graves. Uh, you know, and if you don't find the one your daughter, who you fucked in the ass, is buried in, then she dies. And you know, why would he care about a kid that he already fucking raped anyway? You know, it's like, wh- why is this dad going to care? He didn't, you know, he, he cared about the kid so little he fucking raped it, you know. But he's, he's going to make the dad pay for this shit. I, I don't get any of this shit. It's such a stupid fucking story. Uh, but song-wise, uh, I dig this one. It's my second favorite on the album. Uh, but, but then again, that's like without the lyrics. You know, it'd kind of be like, you know... Lee's cover of Lunatic Fringe if he didn't say anything and just played the fucking music. I wish I could have done that too. I'll not me. Those producer on the album that you'll take the tapes later and throw yeah. out. Yeah, that, I, that, that was genius. Where's my bottle? I, Still stuck yeah. in my head. I, 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 got, genius. I gotta say, I'm glad I asked him to play Lunatic Fringe and not my first pick, which was Life is a Highway. I um, thought the first pick was I Can't Shove my whole bottle up my nose. Shut up, Lee. Uh, no, not shut up. He's got to talk about this song. Uh, no, I Lee. He did. Yeah, he already did. All oh, right, and I agreed with the. Oh, he agreed with me. Then, then we go to the last song, which is Lucy. Uh, okay, and I'm gonna try to explain this to to Ralph, because uh, he seemed like this is where the story left him. And, and the story left me, like, in the second track, but uh, I'll, I'll continue it for you. In this last track, and I, my notes are, say what? Um, so, so, so King wants to kill the dad for framing him for molesting the daughter, even though he, it was the dad who molested the daughter, but the daughter... Apparently now they're in a church, and the daughter pulls a string that breaks loose a broken piece of church glass that decapitates King. Therefore, he dies before the dad dies, and now his soul can never be at rest, and his soul is always in his head, and... The, the seven-year-old daughter unties the dad and takes King's head, who is he now... Puts in the backpack. And puts it in a backpack, and now his head will always be with the seven-year-old daughter. But I'm thinking, like, okay, so this should happen. Uh, you killed the bad guy who wanted to kill you because his dad, your dad molested you. Uh, but he's going to say, yeah, go ahead, honey, grab the head, bring it on home. You know, we'll put it in the mantle. I don't know. This is some stupid fucking shit. It's a stupid fucking album. 
a really stupid <laughs> album with, with subpar songs. I mean, none of them are outright horrible, other than like you know, you know, like got to kill the Dodger, the Dodger, the Dodger. You know, but I mean, other than that, they're passable songs. But as a story, this shit is just outright fucking retarded. I mean, I've heard more sense in fucking Lee songs. Hey, and I try to make my songs have more sense than this. I've I've heard better concept albums from Anal Canal or whatever the fuck uh, Lee picked out the last time we did fucking paid reviews. Jody, you know me to be anal. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. My dick still smells. Uh, but uh, yeah. A, a weird way to end it. And uh, it, I mean, is there any other questions about the story for you that I haven't answered yet, Ralph? That you want me to explain? No. Uh, everything you did, I understood except the part where <clears throat> the dad lives. I I didn't get that part. Yeah. Well, I was well, like, I was like, well, the whole okay. concept is to kill the dad. Right. And, you know, King's like, oh, my head got cut uh, off. Oh, she's uh, putting me in a backpack, Lucy, forever. Okay, here, here's what happens in this song. Okay, so uh, he had knocked the dad out. He tied him up. And then he's turning to Lucy, who apparently he uncovered from her grave. Uh, she's alive, and he's asking her, like, what do you want me to do to him? You know, you want me to kill him? You know, you just tell me when, and I'll do it. You tell me how, and I'll do it. And while he's doing that, that's when she pulls this mysterious string that makes the church paint uh, paint of glass fall and cut his head off. Okay. Still stupid. Yeah. You think? Okay. Uh, Lee, what do you think of Lucy? Forever. Well, I like it. It's a cool way to close the album, I thought. Yeah, right on. Okay. <laughs> All right, keep going. Yeah, I it just said I like it. It's a cool way to close the album. That's All it. right. You have nothing else to say? Come uh, on, Lee. I, I liked it. I mean, say, don't you? I just thought that I liked it. Just, you know, enhance it. Keep going. I want to hear more what you think of uh, Forever Loose. Brand new flip kicks from Skechers. Well, okay. To, to me, I think it's possible that all three of them were all characters in his mind. What's your function? So, Conjunction, junction, what's your function? I got and button on, they'll get you pretty far. And, that's uh. an additive, like this and that. But, that's sort of the opposite, <laughs> not this, but that. And then there's 1972 more. television party. Yeah, all right. Oh, uh, hey. I'm just yeah, a bill. I, I think that I just think that they could all be like characters in his mind, and that um, one of them lives, but you don't know which one because the person who really is living is so twisted that they don't even know whether they're him or the dad or Lucy. Wow! Look at all these books. We've never seen so many books before. Shh. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> All right, that's it. Hi, Ian. I fucking hope so. Uh, this album was released 
September 30th, 1996. It's one of King Diamond's most successful albums, believe it that or not. I did not know. Yes, peaking at number 23 on the Finnish charts and remained there for two weeks in the top 40. He had one of his biggest hits, even though it's not looked upon as one of his greatest albums, which makes sense because we have one of our uh, not greatest uh, guests on this episode. Holy hey, well, shit. at least it's equal. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's the album we reviewed, and now it's time to go to Pick of the Week. And uh, Lee, since you are our special ed guest, what is your Pick of the Week? Oh, why don't we pick um, Armored Saints um, right before I die? Long Before I Die off Delirious Nomad. Yeah. Is that the one you want? Delirious Nomad? Yes, great pick. Sometimes I'm torn between that and Symbol as my favorite Armored Saint album. Great, great pick. Right on. All right. All right. All right. Well, my pick of the week, I'm going to keep it with King Diamond. And uh, this would be one of my favorites of his, his solo career. And that is Conspiracy which is part two uh, to them. Uh, but I actually prefer Conspiracy to them. Uh, I don't know, there's just something about it uh, that I really, I haven't listened to it in years, but it's just one I remember, like, I got, like, right away. I, I, of course, Sleepless Nights is an incredible track that's on it. But the rest of it, I really, I, I just remember it had a great flow to it. Uh, I think that was a really good band. He still had Mickey D on drums, uh, Peter Black on guitar. Uh, I think it was Hal Pinto playing bass on that. It was a really good King Diamond lineup and thought it was just a really good album. So, you know, if you like King Diamond or you're just getting into him and you find this album isn't exactly, you know, what you're looking for, that's a great one to go back to and check out. Conspiracy by King Diamond. That is my pick of the week. The song that opens it is one of the greatest King Diamond songs ever. At the Graves. Oh yeah. So okay. good. Epic track, like eight, eight, eight and a half minutes long. Rise, rise, little sister. Rise. I love that shit. No, that's a fantastic album. I'll take them over it though. But you know what's unique about Conspiracy is that, dude, he got like so much heavier on that album than anything, you know, uh, than the three before it. I mean, Conspiracy is a really heavy, heavy album. Musically, it's fucking goddamn. It's like, instead of like, you know, then they were, he was getting a little, uh, little notoriety. Instead of going more commercial, he went fucking heavy as fuck. Well, I mean, Sleepless Nights is commercial, but it's still a great track. Yeah, Sleepless Night is the, like the second track. It's uh, like, that's the only time you hold your breath on this fucking album. Right. And after that, it just pummels you. Really but, good. Yeah, I, I love it. Oh, I love Conspiracy. I think it's a fantastic album. Uh, my pick of the week is something I was listening to today, and goddamn, it's great. Uh, Rush Hemispheres. Ooh. Oh man, I was listening to that album today, and I was like, God damn, this album. I mean, they, they that's Rush at their most progiest. Like they yeah. really, they I, I, really I, got so confused. Uh, you know, like really playing intricate parts more than before and b- believe me before they did a lot of crazy shit i think that's neck and neck with 2112 is their best 70s album uh, it's my it's uh, i don't know if uh, it will probably be my fourth favorite 
To me, 21-12, 21-12, Fairwater Kings are my two favorites, but I'd have to think of three. Maybe it is Hemispheres. Uh, no, I, I, would, I would put Permanent Waves above Hemispheres. No, I'm, I, I said 70s albums. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, 70s, yeah. But, uh, probably, uh, I, I'll, I'll, t- I'll take Hemispheres over Fairwater Kings. Yeah, I, it's Fairwater Kings is very, very special to me. Cygnus X1, I like it more than Cygnus X2. And I like, I love Side 1 of the Hemispheres, but but uh, it'd probably be my least favorite on there. Man, Circumstances, Cinderella, man. La, Strain, uh, La Villa Sanjato. It's like, God damn. That's some good shit. Great, great album. Hemispheres is my pick of the week. Cinderella, man. Isn't that on Farewell to Kings? You're right. Circumstances is what I meant. Yeah, Circumstances yeah. and the trees. Trees, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Great pick of the week. All right. Well, now it's time to go to the man who picked this one. And uh, again, like I talked about earlier, uh, I don't know a whole lot about this guy. Uh, I don't know. Did he just join Facebook uh, just to send me this message? Because that has happened before. We've had listeners who listen to this show but aren't Facebook people and have just joined to like either write me on Messenger or do shit. But James Carruthers or Carruthers... Um, uh, and I, I tried to look for him today. Like, I still had the old message, but there was, like, no picture for his profile, and I tried to find a profile to talk to him and do shit, uh, but not there. But, brother, I hope you're still alive. I hope you're still listening. And uh, what a great pick. What a great... Would have been happy to do the Iced Earth, but it was was more than happy to do this, even though it's not, you know, any of our favorite King Diamond album. It's still something that... Is cool to talk about, you know. Sometimes it doesn't have to be the best album, but it's something, you know, worthwhile to talk about. And you definitely did that here. And we thank you for contributing. And, uh, you know, if you're not on Facebook, come back, man. Get on the Facebook page and let your voice be heard. Because that's the greatest thing about, you know, what we've created is, you know, not only what you guys dig this show, but the community we've created on the Facebook page. And, uh, you know, the people that show up to hang out with us and do shit, you know. And I gotta tell you, man, a lot of those people on our Facebook page, they enjoy the graveyard more than you and I. Oh, yeah. Uh, there are a lot of good, there's a lot of big fans, so they don't really take our opinion on how this, uh, it's just personal, but honestly, I mean, I, you know, look, I may have bashed it somewhat, I think the story's a little flawed, and some of the songs are just not my thing, but... Overall, it's still a good album to me. I just, I, yeah, I agree mostly uh, with Ian as far as like storyline, but you know, it's like I get it more than he does. I don't really find things stupid like he does, but you know, that's the difference between me and Ian. And that's why we are the greatest rock and metal combat podcast uh, out there. Yes. Yes. Take that, so- take that freeform. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, that ain't really mine. I'm I'm only on it. Yeah. Are, are, are you still on that show? I mean, are you a regular contributor, or are yeah, you? Just on... Yeah. Yes, because I'll go wherever they'll take me. Yeah. Thank God. And that's what the police are for, too. I go wherever they take me. Well, you have no choice there. Well, makes it easy. <laughs> oh. Man, you know the difference between you and Mark Allen Taylor? What? He has a job. Oh, um, oh, oh! I, I'm that just makes kidding. Me better. 
Yeah, 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 because you don't burn corn dogs. Yeah. Uh, so you're a more productive member of society. You know, you know, yes. Ian, I did listen to one of those free I'm better forums. at humping people. I, I, I listened to one of those free forums like, I don't know, like three, four months ago. And oh my God, man, here's some breaking news for you. Lee is a Bonfoni fan. Yeah, he loves oh, Bon Jovi. shut up. What? What are you talking about? They reviewed a Bon Jovi album and he loved it. I know I liked some of it. It was like, I had to be honest, but but most of the time it, I don't like Bon Jovi. It was it, it was a so later please one. Don't, please oh don't my God! Playing what, what album was that one? Uh, the, these days. I see how he. Oh see my how he God! See how oh he remembered the title. He's a huge fan. Oh come oh. on! <laughs> oh my God! Yep. Bon phony thing. Oh. Hey, no, that—that's the. Damn it! Oh my I'm, God! Huh? I, I never—I I never brought that up before, Ian, because I thought—I thought if I brought that up, you would not agree with, with unbanning him. Uh, well, I still don't agree with unbanning him. And, no. and this this episode is is perfect proof of why we shouldn't have. Oh, but uh, he was great. I thought we cracked. But 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 uh, it just backs up that next week we should have Justin Childers back for Christ's sake, you know. Yeah, why as, not? As, as long as we're bringing back, you know, people of this caliber. Holy moly! Oh man, hey, what an insult to Justin. You. <laughs> but uh, whoo! Uh, I I tell you what. Uh, thank you to uh, everybody who made it through this episode. Holy moly. Come back uh, next uh, week. Wait, 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 wait. Ian, before we leave, any yeah. last words there, uh, Lee? Uh, but well, there's one other thing that makes tubby time the very best time of the whole day. And Stop you know it. what that is? It's a very special friend of mine, my very Stop favorite it. little pal. My last uh, words or whatever they be are, hey man, as weird as I am, we'll leave it at that. Lee. Yeah. All right, all right, Lee, God damn it, since you're here. One last song. I wanna yeah, hear I wanna hear your cover of Whip It by Devo. Oh, okay. Be... Give me a moment. Okay. okay. But I'm gonna call it Whip It Like Cheese Whiz. One, a two, a one, two, three, four. Okay. A one rubber ducky, joy of joys. When I squeeze you, you make noise. You're my very best friend. Make it up your poopy. Make it like whip it like cheese whiz. Whip it good. Whip it good. Whip it cheese whiz. Make your cheese whiz. Whip it like good. Okay? Yeah, that was awesome. Ernie, yeah, right on. Yeah, whip it like cheese whiz like good. With bugs on it. Yeah, but whip it like cheese whiz like good. Well, bugs on cheese is different. That's with bugs. Cheese whiz is like a wizard of cheese. I'm a smart cheese. Everyone else is a bug cheese. 
Lee, thank you for making this episode like every other episode only unlistenable. Holy hey. fucking shit. Come back next week, kids, where yeah. we go right back to the fan-requested reviews where we review a thrash classic from yeah. the Bay Area. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's about all the, the, the hints I'm going to give, but this one is a bona fide thrash masterpiece. Right on. And before you do your little sign-off, right after Ian's sign-off, I'm going to play the classic. That's right. Lee and I contributed to a song called Tuck It In. Yeah. And, and when I went to San Francisco, we recorded it, made a video for it. You can see it up on YouTube. And I'm going to play it after Ian says his goodbyes. Uh, cool. <laughs> I just want to say I don't make a red cent off of this podcast and I'm overpaid. Holy yeah. shit. Come back next week to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast.